G'day everyone, welcome to the Jock and Journo podcast. I'm Jay Clark from the Herald Sun and I've got the captain of the Collingwood Football Club, Scotty Penderbury. No, he's not on the bench. He's here with us, uh, ready to talk footy, to talk a bit of sport. Scotty, how are you feeling, mate? You okay? Are you alright? Very well, mate. Thanks for your concern. The body is cherry ripe. That's um, yeah, I'm feeling great. You're up and about today. I am up and about because we're going weekly. The people want our stuff weekly. They're our footy chat, our sport chat, uh, your jokes, mate. So uh, we're going to be doing this every week now, which will be a lot of fun. And we thank everyone for listening, mate. But it has just been Easter. And we're going to get to the interchange stuff and some footy stuff in a second. But I wonder just how much chocolate is consumed, my friend, in the Pendlebury household. Because, you know, you, you're very sort of fastidious with your, <laughs> with your diet and that sort of stuff. Well, but surely Alex has got you something. Well, Alex is pregnant at the moment. So chocolate, chocolate is a little bit of a weakness for her oh, at the minute. Good, good. Um, so she's indulging in um, carob bears. So it's, I don't know, it's sort of like an organic type chocolate. Carob, so it's not that's like not the, even real chocolate. Yeah, so it's not the Cadbury, I suppose. But yeah, so that's been floating around the household. A couple of little those eggs post-game and um, hot cross barn. That was about it, to be honest. Very good. I'm partial to a, uh, an, a nice little hot cross bun. So did you get her something specific? Like, oh, know, we didn't do, we didn't do gifts no for No gift other. giving? No, no, I gave my nephew on Friday this massive... Um, Little Kobe, yeah, little Kobe. I gave him a massive uh, Easter bunny, and his eyes lit up. <laughs> and he went to a sugar craze. He ate the whole thing in about a quarter. So I don't, I'm not sure Mum and Dad were too wrapped with me for giving him that one. <laughs> Outstanding, um, mates. Now you were you there was you were the the talking point of the whole weekend. Yeah. You you sitting on the bench um, at two crucial periods of the third quarter. We're going to listen to Cameron Ling. Now, who had some very strong words to questioning what the hell you were doing on the interchange bench in the third quarter. Can I say, if there wasn't an injury to Scott Penelope, and I believe what they've told Mick Warner, I can't believe that he has sat 14 minutes on the bench in the third quarter in a game that was there to be won. That is unbelievable. The bloke's a star. Name names. Get him on the ground. Go hard. You've name got names. To, no, you've got to have... No, I want you to name names. captain and your superstar on the ground, not sitting on the bench for 14 minutes of the third quarter, uh, unless he is injured. Well, who makes that decision? Well, that's the coach, Nathan Buckley, and the coaches. All bloody sports scientists gone mad, Tone. Oh. You can't have Scott Pendlebury sitting on the bench for 14 minutes of the third quarter if the bloke is not injured. You've got to win the game. That's ridiculous. I'm with Linger, Scotty. What the hell? What the hell were you doing on the bench at the start of the third quarter? Crucial period of the game. The Saints were on the charge. What were you doing there, mate? Um, yeah, it was just my rotation. So I started the third on the bench, and um, yeah, I think I come onto the ground at the six and a half minute mark, which is yeah. what normal. Yeah, so not oh, probably not. I usually get on about the four and a half minute mark. Mm-hmm. So, but there was a couple of goals kicked early. So. Um, Probably the boys out there didn't feel like they need to burn any rotations yet because, you know, it's only been four minutes, but whatever. And then, um, yeah, I played to the 23-minute mark, so like a 15-minute stint, come off. And, yeah, usually I get back on around the 25-minute mark and play the quarter out, but couldn't get back on. So there was me, I think Darcy Moore and Reedy, Josh Smith were all on the bench. So, yeah, we, we couldn't get back on. The ball was on the outer wing. So, um, yeah, it was a non-issue for us. It was just one of those unfortunate things that happens in football and, yeah, I woke up the next day and went to the sea bars and a few boys were asking what happened to me on the bench and I was, I'm, I'm unsure of what happened to me on the bench. So, um, yeah, it was, a, it was a non-issue. Clearly, you'd like to be out there. Yeah. You don't, you don't What's going like on in your head as you're sitting there watching, watching your team? Surely the competitor oh, in you, you wants to be on the footy ground. Oh, absolutely. You want to play the whole game, but you just physically can't these days. So, 
Um, you know, I still think my game time for the whole game is up around 77, 80% for the match, which, it's, which is, is normal? normal. So, um, yeah, it just happened to be that for that period of time we got caught and it's not ideal, but it just happened. Has it gone a bit um, – has the sports science department got too much control? Like sometimes in, in, in periods of game, is, you just need some gut feel sometimes when, you know, you need to have a player certain on. Do you think we're too bound by these rotations and these rest- restrictions? Well, I think every club's different. I think some clubs have, like, you know, systems where it's minute-driven and no matter what you're coming off, some clubs leave it to the players to decide and making sure you've got rotations and, um, you know, for – uh, I think the, the the first time I tried to get on, you know, a key forward come off, a key back come off. So I, you know, I can't run on there for Darcy. I'm not running. I'm definitely not running on for Reedy. I don't want to play key back. So I just want to wait for a midfielder to come. And um, yeah, it's yeah, it was a non-issue. You coach Nathan Buckley in the press conference afterwards because he was asked about this. Why in the hell were you on the bench for so long? Um, and he said that you weren't as sharp as normal. And it's yeah. the first time I've heard you coach say anything even slightly negative about your performance like in the whole in the whole time he's been coaching so what were are you injured were you a bit off your game how would you explain your performance yeah i think i, th- I don't think he was talking about i wasn't as sharp and that's why i was on the bench i think he was just probably giving an analysis of my game mm-hmm. um yeah and that's oh, i agree with him i definitely wasn't as sharp as i'd normally be and um i thought when i was involved i was i was good but i just wasn't involved enough um I think I could have got involved a lot more if I worked a little bit harder and um, for some reason it just wasn't there for me on Sunday. A couple of your teammates said something uh, interesting after the game as well. Brody Grundy and... All my teammates say interesting things after a game. It's just how you want to pick them apart, isn't it? And Jeremy Howe um, asked about the performance. How he probably in particular um, raised the fact that Collingwood had some passengers at the moment that you weren't having 22 contributors and some guys were, were letting the team down uh, in terms of their effort and, and execution. What, what's that like? What, what do, is, that, is that the message coming out of Collingwood at the weekend? Are you, are you happy hearing teammates point the finger at other teammates? Um, I think the, the message for us is that we're all in this together and we all need a collective effort that goes for four quarters to get results. Um, and it's like that's no different to any other side, but... When we get a collective effort for four quarters, we are a really strong side. But I think it's just the understanding and the individuals maturing about, you know, if I can't, if I for some reason switch off and I don't perform that role for one contest, the flow on effect it has across the whole ground. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, if it'd be like for Brody, if he just didn't, one centre bounce, he just said, oh, I'm not going to jump for this one, boys. I'll just let him jump and hit it. So it really, it does hurt you. So we just need to find that consistency across every club. And I mean, every. Every player on on the ground, and um, yeah, and I'm sure every club analyzes performance. One of the hardest things in football to do is go to a teammate, a friend. You know, we need you to lift in this area, but you're, you're telling him from a good place because it helps everyone else. And the flow and effect is so much better when you when you're doing this stuff that makes us so much better. I'd imagine that would be one of the most incredibly awkward parts of what you do. So you, you obviously play together, you train together, you sacrifice together, you go through so much together, and then after. A, poor game or whatever you've got to sit next up we'll just pick out taylor adams just any yeah. other name you've got to put your arm around him or or you've got to give him some some critical feedback to say that he's not doing his thing what is that actually like when you when you have to be critical of your teammate like that and you have to put it on him yeah well it's, as soon as you walk into a footy club and 17 and 18 year old these days would, would know it as well that it's like it's sort of a, it does it smacks you straight between the eyes at how, feedback. Qu- how quickly you get feedback. You get feedback on a daily basis. And I speak to people in the business world and, you know, they can't believe 
how regularly you get feedback. brutal. Yeah, and it's like it's direct, it's honest, it's um, you know, and and at our football club, we just stress that it's never personal. It's mm. always about the team being better. I'm not coming up to you and saying I think you're a, you're a horrendous bloke, and I'll never catch up with you for a beer. We're <laughs> saying you know, in certain aspects of the game, we need we need this from you yep. because it makes you better. It makes us more predictable. It makes the team better. So it's always coming from a good place, and the individuals always understand that, and they know that. And they, and they know it. They don't shy away from it. They don't try and make excuses. If we do this, we are better. So it's it's black and white. We get some pretty brutal feedback at the Herald saying that from time to time. Check out my feed, Twitter feed or uh, Mark Robinson uh, on the uh, in the Monday meetings can certainly hit you between the eyes. Well, is there some feedback? You've been uh, a great player of your footy club, but does something stick in your mind when it, one of your senior teammates back in the day, whether it was Bucks or whoever, <laughs> no, well, put it put it on you or you or an exception? It, copped it straight between the eyes at half time against St Kilda one day. What happened? I, I think I had 21 touches at half time and I had... So you're on fire? I thought I was flying. <laughs> <laughs> and I had... I didn't realise it, but I had two kicks and 19 handballs at half time. <laughs> oh, really? And Mick come in and I was looking for eyes thinking I might get a compliment here. I, was about, <laughs> I think I was about 21 at the time and he said, where's Scotty Penelbury? I said, oh, I'm here, Mick. Like, really confident. <laughs> if you do not start kicking that football, I'll cut both your hands off. Oh, really? <laughs> so the next few times I got the ball in the third quarter, I kicked it two metres or whatever. So that was probably the one that sticks out for me. Uh, yeah. Straight on the boot. And is that, do you find it awkward when you're talking to your teammates? Is like, do you get the knot in the stomach as well? Or are you sort of conditioned to that now? Or is this your fourth year uh, as captain? I mean, that couldn't have always been easy for you. you no, it's, it's never easy. And I don't think it gets easier. It's... Mm. Um, but I said, yeah, I'm sort of conditioned condition to feedback though and it just – it happens. It's not even like I should say this or I shouldn't because it's making the team better and it's coming from a good place and we're not – as I said, we're not saying you're a horrendous bloke. No. Well, we certainly gave the media some feedback uh, today. If you haven't caught up with the latest news, Scotty gave a press conference with Dyson Heppel um, helping commemorate and celebrate the great Anzac Day tradition. And I'm just going to read this now um, because you were asked about Darcy Moore and how he's travelling. Uh, he's made a bit out of form, um, by the way. Um, you said to the media pack, I'll have a chat to him not to listen to you guys, Pendlebury said. That would be my chat, to keep playing your role that we expect you to. Internally, he's flying for balls, he's competing. Uh, we're not expecting him to kick six goals to win a game, etc. Sorry for your egos, journos, but I'll be saying don't listen. So you've given them, a, you've given them a big clip, haven't you? Well, I haven't. Yeah, have I? You just you just said. Um, well, they can't create the story. We can. Well, you can, but it doesn't mean we listen. That's well, clearly that's so true. It's, isn't it? it hurt your ego a bit, doesn't it? No, I just find it amusing. You well, we don't get into our, we don't get into our match review and pull up the the game from the reporter <laughs> and think, righto, boys, have a quick read of the you review don't do here. That. Oh, no, Jay. We do not. I thought you did. And did that did that quieten everyone down? Did they sort of have a bit of an intimidating... Yeah, the press yeah. conference. They Any other hard-hitting questions? No, well, after that one, they softened right up. So I bet they did. They had a laugh and, um, yeah, it was good to see the media have a laugh. What do you think... Uh, and this will be the last one on Collingwood. What do you, how's Darcy travelling? Nathan Buckley said at the weekend, none of the forwards are in form. He looks a bit down. Should he yeah. go back? Do you bring someone else in? What do you say to Darcy Moore? No, I think as a young as a young guy, it's it's great to work through these times and experiences and... Um, you know, as I said today, that he he is working hard in front of the ball. He is creating options, and we're not helping him by being pretty, butchering it. Yeah, pretty much missing targets and um, not making his life easy. But you know, I think it, it will come once once we sort our stuff out with the ball in hand and the connection piece gets better. Um, you'll see more of 
his strengths come to the come to the table, but you know, at, at times it's going to be hard yards. AFL, it's not it's not easy, and he knows that, and he he's working extremely hard to get better and to fill his ro- role for the team. And some weeks his role is up the ground, some role some weeks it's going to be deep. And uh, if he continues to just keep working, working hard on his game, it will it will turn. I'm hearing Daniel Wells is three kilos lighter than his normal playing weight and is absolutely flying and chomping. They're a bit ready to play this weekend. So Daniel Wells, I think after a difficult preseason, might finally be ready to play. On well, he's the best day. kick in the comp inside 50 statistically. That is fact, not opinion, Jay. Fact. So he's a handy. So in. last year. So seems like if, he was, to come, hands, if he was to come in this week, he would, it might help. What our weakness is Just part When he sh- when he says Pendles 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 <laughs> You find him And you hand I'll make sure I handball Because I'll be that excited <laughs> I'll probably throw it to him I bet Hey um, Your opponents this week um, In Essendon And it's a great rivalry um, You lift It's a different game isn't it When you wake up in the morning And it's Anzac day Yeah it's different you, Certainly Yeah, yeah. It's the, like a oh, the, the build up The, the pre match warm up's different Yeah out on the ground, it's it's like a fi- it's like a grand final warm up. You yeah, get goosebumps. The, yeah. Oh, absolutely. The minute silence every time. Um, it's an amazing game to be a part of, and both clubs are so lucky to to play. Jewel Anzac Day medalist. I can tell. Oh, you, I'm starting to feel that you're up now, Scotty. <laughs> you're uh, you're over the weekend, and you start to get excited. But John Worsfold, Essendon coach, did something very interesting after their pretty lackluster performance to Adelaide. They were belted by the Crows um, over there. And we, now we know the story that the, a lot of these gun players, you know, ten or so. Um, missed a year with the supplement bands and it was going to be a big challenge for them fitness-wise to, com- to get ready and to play at the intensity uh, of AFL level. And my ears pricked up, Scotty, when I heard this, John Worsfold say this after the game. It's a real unknown for us at the moment. Um, you know, a couple, like Joe, Joe was out his feet. We really didn't want to put him through the midfield at all in the last quarter. So some of those players have felt the pinch. It's, it's sort of his as a group. But we've hit the wall a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Um, so it gives us an idea about how much work we've got to do. Hit the wall at round four. Scott, hit the wall already. Why would he say that? Why would he say that Joe Watson, the former captain, inspirational leader that he is, is out on his feet, that they're, that they're stuffed already, basically? Now, from, from a Collingwood perspective, I'm thinking, yeah, these guys have, are tired already. Round four, they're vulnerable. We can get them. We can outrun them. Do you, do you must think that? I just I can't believe John Worsfold said that. Yeah, I sort of think the opposite of be wary of what's to come and Ooh, is it a mind game a or deliberate thing is it is it a tactic is it something that he's doing to try and spike his players um so that's what i thought of straight away because but isn't he doubting he's doubting their fitness isn't he no well, i just think he's saying that they hit the wall a little bit and i think across the competition after you know the, the build up to round one and two that your body starts to you get those little aches and you probably go from being 100 percent back to 90 which you play you know you try and get to 90 percent every week to play so mm-hmm. I think across the whole competition, it does come down after round two or three because your body starts to get into that routine of, you know, play probably a sleepless night, mm-hmm. recover, get up again, get smashed, you know, run half a marathon, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. And then you just get into that cycle. So I think most sides and most sides come back a bit. And I don't think too many sides across the first four weeks would say, oh, we've played four quarters every week of really, really great football. And I think it's been a little bit patchy of the comp so far. Um, and it probably speaks to that, that at different stages in, in games, so, hitting the wall. So you, are you saying that after the first month, the game almost drops down a gear? Is that what you're I saying? I think the game slows down a touch right, after so the first month. So the first four rounds yeah. or thereabouts? Yeah. And then it sort of settles a bit? Yeah. I just think the pace of the game comes out of a little bit because round one, everyone's cherry ripe. It's excitement, the adrenaline's pumping, everything. And then, yeah, it just comes down. You know, Imagine running half a marathon 
every week for four weeks and then all of a sudden you know you're probably going to start running 30 seconds slower so it just comes back a touch and i think probably bar adelaide you've seen that every week anyway with sides dropping off for a quarter or momentum at the moment seems to be king in football and and the other one's goal kicking so you're not reading much into Wush's comments oh no i you look at it you look at the result that they had you know i think they lost by nine or ten goals and you just think be wary of it of the mm. bounce back mm. yeah it's interesting with their supplement players i'm not sure uh, i thought michael hurley's been okay with Kyle hooker probably hasn't had the impact forward uh dyson heppel's been very good and i think in the last two weeks job is really tired so it's going to be interesting to keep watching these supplement players and how they go after um yeah. the year out i mean patty Ryder's probably been going the best of them yeah and he's at port adelaide yeah um you know, yeah, and it, it does depend on sports science. You know what they're doing during the week. You know, if they, if they are hitting the wall this week, then it's probably going to be a really light week for them to get the cherry ripe for Anzac Day, and then it's Anzac Day as well. So you know they're going to be up. And you've got a um, you've got the longer break. So do you guys doing anything differently, or we've like got a shorter break from them? Oh no, no, but it's it's still a. a um Longer than your normal break, I mean to say. Yeah, sorry. So what is it, eight, eight days you got? So you have two main sessions, or two main footy sessions, um, extra kicking possibly? Extra kicking inside the forward 50, Scotty? Uh, we'll do – I think we'll train Thursday and train Sunday. So, yeah, looking forward to those those sessions and getting out there and having a run around with the boys. <laughs> I bet you'll have a good Sunday morning uh, training session. Now, the big story in footy this week, moving on, is the Hawks. And yeah. Alistair, Alistair Clarkson, were you going to say? No, no? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big story has been Alistair Clarkson. Um, how he's going to recharge um, this m- mighty team? They've won four premierships in uh, in eight years, but they're Norton four. We're belted again by the Cats uh, on Easter Monday. And don't you just wonder about what the senior guys are thinking, Scott? Oh, I don't wonder. Aren't they thinking their era is over? And that wondering whether they've even got a place in that team anymore. Luke Codger was very good, yeah, but Josh was. Gibson, etc. Bergwijn was really good too as a mid, wasn't he? Inside, he's really good. Well, he's been asked to play a lot more yeah, on yeah. ball, isn't he? He's such a good inside midfielder. What's your take on the Hawks? Do you think it's over? Uh, over for the, the senior guys? Yeah, the, the the Premiership dynasty is it over? No. And how do you think those senior guys would be would be treating their current situation? What's going on in their heads? Um, yeah, they're senior guys and they've played in, you know, some of them four flags and they've got a lot of pride and I think they'll be thinking that they can respond and bounce back because of the amount of pride they've got and history suggests that they do. They do find a way. You look... Um, and as you said, like, how do you know what they're thinking? Jeez, if you knew that, you'd be a very, very wealthy man to know what players are thinking. So, again, you know, you're creating the narrative here that you want, <laughs> that these players are done. Well, Hawthorne fans will be looking at this team. They're Norton Fourth on the bottom of the ladder. Looking at the age, I think, you know, they're, again, top four for age and experience. Yep. And that's not a good thing because you look at Sydney, they're bottom four. So, the, yeah, they're losing games, but at least they're doing it with their kids and they're getting that experience to those guys. And I, I think that's partly why they're so well placed. But when you look at it as a whole of, of club thing and a list management thing, you know, I think they come into the draft this year with, with their second pick. They've already given away so much to get uh, O'Meara um, and Mitchell in, etc. Et but as a Hawthorne fan, are you wondering, are you sitting there thinking, we've got to just play the kids now? You know, what's Josh Gibson going to add to our we, – we, we've got to be thinking about our next flag. Yeah, and I think, that, I think every club's always thinking about the next flag, but the next flag is 2017. That's mm. the next flag. And I don't think at 0 and 4 they're thinking we're done. If they, think, if they thought, Scott, they were going to win a flag in 2017, they wouldn't have got rid of Mitchell and Lewis. No way. Why? 
because they've deliberately got worse they got of, to, they got to of, enhance they their got future. Franklin. Yeah, well, he wanted to go. Yeah, but they got rid of him. They didn't have to get rid of him. How did they, they go when they got rid of him? I th- there's no way Hawthorne. How did they go when they got rid of Franklin? Well, they, they, they kept winning flags. Yeah, so irrelevant point. <laughs> I think that they really need to um, look at it. Look at it. And, you need, and build you need, towards the next so, like, flag, which could might not be four like, or five years. Like if I, you take Hawthorne out of it, mm. I do think though that if you are going to rebuild, yep. you need senior players there to do it. Otherwise, it is going to take a long time. Because who shows these kids the ropes? Who shows these kids how to back up every week? Yeah, they've how to be professional? How to carry yourself throughout the week? Who shows them the that? Picks though, Scott, because you know when they got, they got Lewis, to get the, the picks. Yeah, they got to get. You know, when they got in Lewis Franklin Roughhead, that's you, three picks get, in the top ten. Do you get picks for guys? That retire? Well, what if I said you they should trade Cyril? For what? For, say, two first-round picks. What's our first-round pick next year? <laughs> <laughs> You're headed straight say. over. I think Chilor's uh, costume. Um, so you think the pride... You think the pride... Yeah, be... yeah, I'm not certainly not writing them off. Mm. They wouldn't be internally writing themselves off either. Mm. Roughhead, Hodge, Gibson, Rioli, Gunston, Bruce, Popolo... They'll sort it. They'll sort it out. Do you think they need to rebrand the game style? Lastly, on this, do you um, think that they? Well, I, been, I did hear Clarkson. Yeah, Clarkson spoke a lot about kicking and skills post game. Um, so clearly, that's an element they want to get better at. But I think that he was speaking about it so much. I think it's something that they think they can control and get better at. So I think we'll just see them sharpen it up. Well, let's have a listen to Alistair Clarkson. Uh, what he thought of the performance on Monday. It's going to be a matter of time. I don't know whether that's going to come next week or. Uh, three weeks or uh, I'm hoping like hell it's not a whole season of this sort of rubbish that we're playing at the minute but um, what we what we do know is it's going to be hard to keep us down for a long long period of time oh keep us down he wants to get back up as well but at the moment as he said um, they're playing rubbish footy which is strong words hey um, Gary Ablett your mate uh, Scotty um, interesting some of the stuff he's been saying over the past couple of weeks uh, clearly looking at his future may want to go back to Geelong at the end of the year Um, From an AFL player's point of view, do you think the club should stand in his way or do you think they should um, tick off on his, on his desire to go back to Geelong or anywhere else in Victoria? Yeah, well, I think the common theme amongst it since sort of free agency come in is that players seem to be able to get to where they want to go. Mm. Um, Bryce Gibbs is the one who, you know, a deal couldn't be brokered. But I think apart from, from Bryce, I think most of the trades have been done. And if, if Gary wants to go, I'm sure both parties will work something out that's that's fair, and if one party doesn't think it's fair, then it won't happen. How do you, how do you think he's going at the moment, Gaz? And what what would he add to Geelong next year? Do you think he'd be a good pickup? Oh, it'd be a great pickup for any Victorian club to, to get him. Um, you know, professional guy, great player, great skills, decision maker, play him as a mid, play him forward wherever you want. And I think his form um, has really improved the last two weeks mm. when they've won games of footy and. Um, you know, he's been a driver of that as you know, a former captain, and just, you know, every time he gets the ball, you know, something's going to happen. In the first half against Carlton, I didn't think he was having a stronger presence around the ball, winning the contested footy. But certainly in that third quarter, uh, he turned it on. Hey, we like to do what's hot and what's not in the game, uh, Scotty. What do you what do you, what do you got as uh, what's hot? What's hot in footy at oh, the minute? Mine's obvious, and it's the Crows. Yep, they are. I think they're the sharpest side in it at the moment. And they, if you turn up to play against Adelaide and you're slightly off. Their forward line and ball movement is so efficient, and you know. And is that they, a turnover they, thing? Oh, I think the beauty of them is they're doing it anyway. Yeah, 
whatever you cough up against them, they'll find a way to score. And I think they were almost 100 points by halftime on the weekend. Yeah. So they're my what's hot. GWS is, I think, still might be the premiership favourite. Do you think is Adelaide in oh, the, I think the pole position there? You should, you should almost wait until about round 18 to no. see that. Well, guess what? We're not on this podcast. We're going to stop the season right now, Scar. Who do you think is the best team in it? Is it them? Adelaide of the form side. Yep. Um, my what's hot is the Bulldogs, right? Because although they haven't been playing great footy, footy, Scott, I think that they're still finding clutch ways to win. And we saw it against North Melbourne on Good Friday. They're still delivering in, in a way um, probably largely based on their systems. But even though they aren't playing well, they're still doing enough to get the premiership points. And I love that about this yeah. footy team. Yeah. Um, they've had to cope with a lot of change. And you think we've, we've potentially underestimated that? Yeah. Oh, I, like I don't... I haven't underestimated. They've had to change probably the most out of any premiership side in the last 20 years. In regards to the ruck? Well, the third up got changed, taken away from them, and that was a major strength. Their stoppage work from the third up, if there was anything. Third explain up, that. What, third what up, that So mean? they would engage a ruckman, say for us, Campbell or Boyd would just lock into Brody, Bond and Pally jumps third up. They know where the ball's going straight away. They get, they get first hands on it and away they go. This year you can't do that. So now they're more reactive to what opposition rucks are doing. So they've had to change. Their game, so yeah, their game, as I said, from a premiership side has probably changed the most out of any premiership side in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. That one rule affected them the most. And now, in particular, with Travis Cloak injured for more than a month, maybe up to two months, um, I don't really have a key forward. I mean, uh, Tommy Boyd got concussed at the weekend. He's trying to play. But that forward line is now restructured as well. Stuart Cremier is out with a fresh hip injury. Maybe they've got Stringer to play a bit bigger, which yeah. maybe doesn't necessarily suit him. Yeah. But I reckon they're just facing a lot of adversity, yeah. and Dogs fans are still uh, would be absolutely yeah. thrilled. I they're playing big and big stuff. moments. They are. That's what they do. Yeah, yeah. big and big moments. Executing uh, under pressure. Hey, uh, what's not? Can I go first with this one? Go for it, mate. Ice cold Harley Bernal. So Frio give pick 16... Um, and a second-round pick, pick 32, I reckon, for Harley Benal. He's been coping with all these calf injuries, Scott. I reckon what you don't do in this situation, and it takes a lot of discipline and sacrifice and all that, is get blind on a plane flight and um, draw attention to yourself in an airport. He got kicked off the, uh, off a Virgin flight at the weekend, and Ross Lyon was a little bit coy, I will support Harley or blah, blah, blah. I reckon he's got a couple of months now to prove to this football club that he is a part of their future because right now it's been a total bust I remember Richmond were going to use their first round pick on Harley Bennell and he had a big night at the uh, AFL footy show um, after party and was meant to go there for a medical at like 9am didn't show up and Richmond put a line through him at that moment so if you're not going to show up for a medical then we're not going to pick you they ended up getting Scott with that first round pick who? Daniel Rioli who looks like an absolute star so Richmond fans listening to this I think uh, just a nice little reminder that that was a great list management decision we scrutinise them a lot but to let go Harley Bennell and get Daniel Rioli absolutely outstanding what have, caught your eye well, I think that's the last time we ever give Richmond credit on this podcast <laughs> too. Um, well, what my what's, playing good they footy? are playing good footy but we don't like Richmond <laughs> what's not for me is the third up rule yes and I've been, been on this for a while yep. and I just think to simplify the whole rule for everybody is if Two people from the same side compete. Yep. It's a free kick. And I know people say, what about Ruckman? And what about if the midfielder jumps? I don't know where he's coming from. Yep. I back Brody Grundy to hurt a midfielder more than a midfielder is going to hurt Brody if he doesn't know who's coming. And he wouldn't be tied down by anyone. Well, he's got to run and jump because if he gets tied yeah. down, it's 
someone engaging Brody and a third person competing and a second person for that side competing. So, so it's just and then you don't have to you don't no have nominating. to you don't have to nominate. It's not netball or something where you <laughs> identify what you've got to do. Like every stoppage, you run around, people putting their hands up. You think blokes can ask questions on the field like you're back in school. Is it confusing or distracting on the field? Like you're oh, a bit over a, that. Yeah, I just I just think it's. It's something in our game that we don't need. Unnecessary. Yeah, and if two people from the same side jump or one engages Brody and someone jumps, it's just a free kick against. So why, that is quite a simple solution. Why wouldn't they have done that? So would you, sure. would you want that change put now. in now? Yep. Even though it's clearly it's a change and everybody's going to have to do sort of... Well, it's know. not. It's, all it stops is the little tricks that sides are trying to play. Yeah, you know, the I, exploitation. I put my hand up but quickly to the side and then go engage my man and I get a free kick. Yeah. It stops that straight away. Mm-hmm. So, at a boundary throwing, if two people want to try and trick each other and they forget about it, like Goldstein with that one and Dunkley and Bonson Pelly, yeah, they actually didn't even get to the contest to compete. Yep. Yeah. So how far like, away have you got to be, or like, close you got to be? Did anything yeah. happen yesterday uh, on uh, on Sunday? No, nah, no, we didn't. We haven't tried to exploit it. Um, and St Kilda certainly didn't try anything. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I think the AFL are backing it in. Um, for the moment, you got a uh, prediction for us, Scotty? Like your uh, your round five uh, prediction? Well, I went with it. I'm going to go with it again. Hawthorne will win. Well, I went with it last week. Thank you for bringing this up because you are 80 points off the mark with the, your last prediction. So, well, my tips aren't going well either. So, yeah. Although I started well, I had Fremantle. I had the first three on the weekend. Well, you got Fremantle over Melbourne. Yeah, you know, old Melbourne supporter. Yeah. Um, well, so I'm just going Hawthorne. We'll beat West Coast. At the G. And I'm not sure Sammy Mitchell's going to play in that either. Um, Sunday, 4.40, tune in because <coughs> they'll get it done. My prediction, um, what do you think about, just firstly? This will be good. This will be good. <laughs> what do you think about coaches? Your prediction's going to be a red footy on Sunday <laughs> oh, footy. You're up and yeah. about, aren't you, given Journo's clip. I'm copying it in here. Um, what do you think about coaches and clubs using players' milestones, right, for rah-rah, for motivation? It's Scotty Penelby's 250th game this weekend, boys. We're going to get around and play well for him. What a great player he is, and this is a great milestone. Do you think that works? Does yeah, that I happen? Think, I think, yeah, most clubs do use it. Um, As from a motivational little yeah, jab? Yeah, and I know, um, you know I was lucky enough to, to get into the storm rooms a, a few weeks ago, and yeah. it was the, Kept that quiet. the game that Cam Smith broke the record for most winning player in NRL history, and they certainly addressed it. And what did you say? What did they say? Spoke about well, what an opportunity it is to say that not only were you here, that you contributed to it, mm. and you could see all the boys lock in and embraced it and got around it, and yeah, even standing there listening to it, you were. I was ready to pull on the storm you got jumper. The goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're too slow for that. Um, too slow for NRL. I kid you. I think for Bob Murphy this weekend, the three hundred, the Bulldogs, yeah. Dippy boy, hold yeah. on, your man, uh, playing a uh, Brisbane Lions. Our producer, Braden Cox. You might not have heard him until now. That's him um, clapping. He sort of throws the show together. Don't bring me into it now. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at the clock counting down. It's 31 minutes in. Right. Uh, my intro's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> we, better, we better finish this up. I was just saying my prediction, the Bulldogs going to beat Brisbane. And they're going to make something. So I reckon Beveridge will make something special of the Bob theme uh, pre-game um, because they all just love him, Scotty. Um, and he's great at doing these themes. So I reckon the milestone will be a big focus, even though on a weekly basis... The coaches say we don't do the milestone motivational thing. If that's what you need to get up for this game, then you should be playing all that sort of stuff. Um, so that's my um, prediction. Um, lastly, before we go, we know you're a big dog in the AFLPA board now. We were reading the back page of the Herald Sun on Tuesday. 
that um, that you got some secret little tricks up your sleeve to uh, win the pay stash with the AFL. Now, there's going to be no strike. Uh, well, certainly it's not on the cards yet. What are you going to do, mate? What are, what are these What are these big dog tactics you're going to bring to the table? This is right up the alley of did you come to play today? <laughs> will your contract be signed soon? Do you think he will leave? You think it's I'll a silly question? I will be giving question. you zero, mate. <laughs> <laughs> there, we'll add this to the list of All silly right. Jay Clark questions. I'll be watching uh, closely because uh, the AFLPA um, tune in, mate. Disrupt- tune in. Disruptive strategy techniques or something. Um, tune in, wanky like that. Hey, um, before we go uh, next weekend, we've got the Bombers. Try not to spend too much time on the on the bench, mate. When the big moments come, can you just be on, out on the ground for the Collingwood faithful? I'll start. Is that on okay? the ground. Is that too much to ask? Oh, well, what? it's our away game this week. So, what does that mean? I reckon we should ask the people heads or tails for oh. my coin toss. Jock, Has- hashtag hashtag Jock and Journo, heads that, or tails. What do you my, want? Is that my calling? I'm the, the voice of the people here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 What's your, what do you reckon? Heads or tails? Uh, heads. I actually watch every coin Heads toss. and kick which way? To the members? Yeah. Heads to the yeah, members. I remember. Okay. Are you nice but to the opposition captain when you, when you say g'day? Shake hands? Uh, don't give him up. to say g'day. Tony Shaw, Danny Frawley style. Oh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Jock and Jerno, heads or tails. Um, Scotty will... Uh... I'll listen. Hit us up on Jock and Jerno, hashtag Jock and Jerno, A-N-D, and I will actually call out your tweets on air. I know there's been a lot of false promises from these guys. <laughs> I'm the voice of the people. Uh, just as long as you guys throw to me, you got to throw to me. <laughs> Thanks, Scotty. I'm not <laughs> just going to chip in. Man of the people. We're weekly now. Good luck Tuesday, Scotty. Thank you. Thanks for joining. Thanks, guys. Cheers.